0: Hello, and welcome to an inconvenient pregnancy where we talk about all of the unexpected feelings and thoughts that one might have when they find themselves unexpectedly expecting. Join me on my personal journey with my unexpected fifth pregnancy all the ups, downs, and in betweens, being very honest, very raw, and very real about how I'm feeling and what I'm going through personally, and also. Join us for some really honest, upfront conversations with women who are mothers, who are expecting as well, and experts in the field of all sorts of areas of pregnancy, labor, birth, and the spiritual side of it all. Hey, welcome to An Inconvenient Pregnancy. My name is Abby, and this is my very first podcast. It is going to be basically an introductory podcast about who I am, my personal life, and what my goals are going to be with this podcast over the next few months, and see if it's a really good fit for your listening ears. I'm a 35-year-old woman living in a small town, Tennessee. It's where I grew up. I haven't lived here my whole life, but I did live here until I was 18, before I moved away with my six-month-old son and my new husband, and became a military spouse. For nine years, I was a military spouse, had two more children, and now they are 16, 15, and 12 years old. When my youngest daughter was three, I went through a lot of issues with my then-husband, their father military life was not only difficult, but it also has a way of driving marriages apart if they're not already stable or if you're young and just don't know what you want. And without really pointing fingers and just really uh, (laughs) blaming it all on him, um, I found out that it wasn't a good place for me, that I wasn't growing in that relationship. I was being um, disrespected a lot and That I didn't want my kids to grow up in a loveless marriage type household. And so when my daughter, youngest daughter, was three, I left. I left and I moved back home to Tennessee. And I had nothing. I just wanted out. I wanted to find happiness. I wanted to find peace. I wanted to find my way in life. Um, and And things just didn't go as planned. So over the next couple of years, I... Went through an extremely abusive relationship trying to find love again. Really went into a very, very dark, dark place in my personal life. Almost lost my life. Really struggled there and decided that I needed another complete change. So packed up the kids and with just a couple hundred dollars and one suitcase, I moved us to Hawaii. The reason that I chose Hawaii is because they are part Filipino and Hawaiian on their father's side. And it seemed like the furthest place I could go without having to go to another country. And also, like, where else would you want to go but a beautiful tropical island to try to heal, find yourself, grow, change, and just really revamp and rebrand your entire life? So it just made sense. So we went there, and we had couple of really really great years. There was a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um I really did heal myself. I became a whole person. I worked through a lot of past trauma. I worked through a lot of grief and anguish and hurt and I really learned that I could do it on my own. I struggled in the beginning, you know, trying to find good work, trying to find a place to live that we could afford. We went back and forth. At times, we didn't have a car, and we had to rely on public transportation. And, you know, some days we struggled to have enough money to find food. But then other times, we were doing wonderful, and we had plenty of money. We had wonderful memories together. When my kids talk about their time in Hawaii, it was definitely one of the biggest highlights of their entire lives. They have the fondest memories of being there. And at the times that I was struggling the most and feeling like, a complete failure as a person and a mother. They don't they don't remember it that way. They didn't they didn't see the struggle that I was going through and somehow I kept I kept a cool level head about it and they didn't even see that I was struggling. They just saw the good and they saw the happy and they they really remember that as a very happy time in our lives and they saw me as a very strong woman in their lives. And they knew that I had a lot of responsibilities while we were there, and it was very difficult. Coming to the end of our years there, I became very sick. I already had several health issues, with my thyroid, my kidneys, my lungs had had complications, and no one had really been able to figure it out. And I just kept getting more weak and more weak. And eventually just was so tired and so stressed out and not finding good health care that I decided it was not a good choice to stay in Hawaii any longer. I decided I needed to move home to be near my family, to have help with the kids and to find better health care, and really just keep going on this good track, this track that was going up, up, up. Moving back home wasn't necessarily the best idea. Uh, There were more complications with the kids and their father, and, you know, life was really stressful in different ways again. But during that time, I met my partner now, and, you know, well, I'd already known him. I hate saying met, but I guess it was the first time we really saw each other with romance in our eyes, and we started off our relationship, and even though I was going through a lot and trying to get reestablished yet again... And trying to battle out custody issues and figure out where I was going to settle down and live. You know, we just began building this great relationship and having one another. We both still had a ton of stuff to work through. And, um, you know, after a couple years, we decided... Um, you know, I really love you, and I kind of want to do this thing with you. I want to build this life and try to, try to make it work. So we bought a house and moved in, and it's, it's just there's a lot of story with that, too. This house is constantly needing work. It's an old house, but it's in the place that we both wanted to live. So the sacrifice of buying an old house that we're having to fix up compared to living somewhere that just wouldn't make us happy was was worth it and so we move in we get the custody issues settled with the kids we get them settled in we get them into school and you know we're just trying to figure it out like we're trying to figure out how to you know balance our budget and pay the bills and how are we going to you know, redo all of the rooms in this house, and we're going to need a new roof soon, we're going to need new air conditioning soon, my car's breaking down, the kids need money for this, the kids need money for that, and how are we going to make them happy, and how are we going to find balance, and we let them, you know, take their time to get to know, you know, my new partner as their, as a new man in their life, you know, whenever they had never really had that, it had just been me, And we're trying to work through all this. We're trying to establish our lives. And um, boom, I'm pregnant. And what a shocker. I mean, wow, my, my youngest at this time was, you know, 11. And... Well, she was 10 at the time whenever we found out we were pregnant. I can't keep it straight sometimes. My youngest was 10 when we found out we were expecting. And I was between jobs because I moved, you know, away from the place I had been working to move into this home with him and start a life. And, oh, my gosh, it was just – I still think back to that very moment, and I don't even know what thought was going through my head. I just remember thinking, this is incredible. This is fascinating because I had been told I would never have children again. And my partner had never really stated that he wanted to have kids, but I could tell that he had this underlying desire to be a father. You know, that was in there. He just, he really wasn't sure about it himself. And I don't think he really wanted me to feel obligated. I don't, I think it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other to him. And he was so good to my children, and they were like his own, that it wasn't a deal breaker. It was just kind of left unsaid, unspoken. But here I am pregnant, and I can't even think straight. I don't know how we're going to afford this baby. I don't know if I'm even going to be able to carry this baby. It's been 10 years since I've had a baby. I don't even know what food I can eat now or oh my God, I've been drinking wine every night and I'm super stressed out and that's not good for the baby. And it's just these thousands of thoughts start going through your head and this disappointment because I have super bad anxiety. I carry a lot of guilt. I really deal with depression very deeply. And these are things I have to work through on a day-to-day basis. I'm fully aware that they are there. And I'm fully aware that there are other things I can do, but I choose to handle it without medication. I choose to use meditation and yoga. And sometimes I just don't choose to do anything, and then it gets the best of me. And so this all started setting in, and I and I felt so guilty that I hadn't been pre- pre- preparing. I hadn't been, you know, treating my body well for this. Pre- you know, I hadn't been prepping to get pregnant. It wasn't even something we were thinking about. We just did not think it was possible. And I had never had a scare. And so, you know, we just don't talk about it. We just say, let's just let's just not talk about it. We'll go to the doctor and, you know, I probably won't even carry it. I'm probably going to have a miscarriage. Or, you know, I had just already decided that this just probably isn't going to work out. So we go to our first doctor's visit. He says, everything's great. You don't need to freak out. The only time you can't have a baby is if you literally have no uterus and that it's a possibility that, you know, people that have had problems for years and years and years just all of a sudden have a wonderful, healthy pregnancy and baby. So we began to get excited and we kept it quiet for a while because we weren't prepared to make that announcement. And, you know, the pregnancy... It wasn't the best. I was sick all all the time. I ended up getting the flu, and it was just really hard on me. I've never been good with pregnancies. I'm super jealous of women that actually have great pregnancies and enjoy being pregnant. I am sick. I am tired. I'm grouchy, and I just have never enjoyed my pregnancy, and there was also guilt attached to that. I, I wanted to do it right damn it. Like I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to have already been taking vitamins. I wanted to already have a perfect diet. I wanted to have a strict yoga regimen. I wanted to make sure there was no stress in the house. I wanted the kids to have everything they needed. So they didn't feel like this pregnancy was going to take away from them. There was so much attached to this that I really made myself miserable. I really made my partner miserable and the pregnancy wasn't good. It just wasn't, an enjoyable time for us. There were happy moments, there were low moments. And then on my birthday on August 3rd, our beautiful baby boy joined the world and he was wonderful, of course. I mean, of course he was wonderful. There's nothing better in the world than a than a little baby coming into your life and and you know, he didn't have any major complications and he was just perfect. And he nursed well and And life was beautiful. My partner was just, you know, that new dad glow was all over his face. And it was beautiful to see because I had really never experienced that before with my first husband. You know, he wasn't even there for the first pregnancy and birth. And um, so this was a new experience for me, too. And it was beautiful watching him go through it. But that's kind of how I saw it was that this was his experience, not mine. And I was really disappointed in the experience. And yet I also felt terribly guilty that I was feeling this way because I knew that those feelings were being passed on to my, to my baby. And, and, you know, it just was, it wasn't the best situation. I wasn't mentally and emotionally prepared for it. And, you know, after he was born, you know, there wasn't much help, um, there was a lot of help. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way because we have great family that helped us with our kids and made food for us and, you know, offered to be there anytime any time. But, um, you know, with four children and three of them being very active and in different schools, um, and nursing full time, it, it just felt, I felt very lonely and, um, very overwhelmed that I couldn't get up and, and do all the things that I wanted to do for my older kids while I was healing from the birth of my new one. And my partner had to go back to work super fast. I mean, just like the next week. And I didn't feel like I had time to heal. And I felt frustrated and I felt upset and I felt rushed and I didn't feel well. And at this point in life, I started listening to a lot of podcast about ayurveda and kundalini yoga and a lot of of that having to do with postpartum pregnancies and how the women are treated and what their you know the the rituals are letting the woman heal letting her you know really bond with the child the specific diet regimen and the herbs and the tea and the massage And just giving her time to rest and nourish herself and come back to health after childbirth. And, you know, I I felt so robbed that I never realized how important it was to take the time to come back to fullness and heal your body. And, you know, my body's never been the best. I've always had these little health issues and I never feel 100%. And so after childbirth, I'm definitely don't, I definitely don't bounce back very quickly. My thyroid became incredibly out of control. Um, I was super depressed again. I had Bell's palsy, which is where one side of your face, um, just the muscles just stop working. It's like a miniature stroke and it usually just affects one side of your face. So I couldn't even smile. So on top of just the insecurities of everything I was having, I didn't even, I couldn't even smile, you know, just one half of my mouth would, would you know, grin upwards and the other would just stay flat and a frown. And I would just felt so, everything just felt so blah and so disappointing. And so he's now 15 months old and we've taken this year and we've really grown as a family and I've gotten into a much healthier mindset. I started doing yoga. I started practicing Ayurveda and eating a very balancing diet for my particular body constitution and the particular issues I have. I started paying attention to the things that I really need to feel good. I started taking time away from stuff that made me feel stressed. I started teaching yoga, which has been incredible for me and hopefully for those that I've been sharing my practice with and i've really been diving deep into kundalini which is a very spiritual yoga and i feel very connected to it so i feel like yeah yay like okay we may have had a rocky start and even though the kids and i have had this really rocky life we have a great life and we have amazing memories and we're just making more and and oh my gosh i have wonderful kids and i'm so happy and things are going up and i'm starting to teach a lot more yoga and it's becoming um a, not just a passion of mine, but it's becoming a business and it's becoming something that's lucrative for my family because hello, we still struggle with finances. We're still trying to figure out every month, you know, there's more bills than there are money. And, and it's just so stressful. And there's so much guilt on my part that, you know, this man, I, I decided to Partner up with has just really taken the reins financially because I was pregnant and in between jobs and it's very hard to make money whenever you're in between jobs and you're pregnant and then nursing full time and that's what he wanted me to do, and that's what we decided was best. but you know when there's more months than there is money, it makes you feel like um you know you need to be out there doing something so I've been trying to balance you know being a stay at home mother and Uh, all of the responsibilities of that on top of just trying to find little ways here and there to just make an extra dollar and help out as much as I can. And it's, that's stressful. Like that's a really big struggle. And, um, you know, so whenever yoga started taking off for me and it became something I could easily do, that was becoming lucrative for our family. I got really excited and, you know, the nursing, he's starting to self wean. He's only nursing a few times a day, mostly in the morning and at night. And so there's there's like this, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, pot at the end of the rainbow, whatever you want to call it, of like, okay, I'm coming out of this funk and I'm super excited about what our future holds and I'm feeling successful and I'm feeling like I'm right on the verge of breaking through and having this this great career and getting shit together. Like I'm actually becoming organized and using, you know, being able to keep up with calendars and all the kids' activities. And I'm feeling happier and I'm feeling more whole and I'm feeling way more stable mentally and emotionally and everything's going good. Until a few weeks ago, I was taking my middle daughter my oldest daughter. She used to be the middle daughter until we had our fourth. So I have to re, re- learn to recall her, my oldest daughter, who is, there, who is 15 years old now. Um, she's always had some slight heart complications, nothing serious, just keeping an eye on it. And we had a, a little, you know, scare at the doctor's office where we had to go see a specialist. And so now, you know, thankfully, everything seems to be okay, but this was a stressful time. We got really scared, you know, and we were really worried about all these things it could potentially be, and her facing surgery, and um, it was a really nerve-wracking time. So, one morning, I had to uh, get up, and we had to drive about 45 minutes to another town to see a specialist. And, no, we actually had to go to the hospital that day in the same town. So it's about 45 minutes to that hospital. And we had to go in there to get a special heart monitor hooked up because the one we had before didn't do its job. And I had to get her there and get back, drop off my 15-month-old to his grandmother, take her back to school, and then get to my yoga class by 11 a.m., so we, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story now, but this was the morning I realized that life was going to completely change. And so on our drive down, I started feeling so sick, so sick to my stomach, and I needed to get into a restroom. And I didn't know, um, you know, This might be too much information, but I wasn't sure which way that sickness was going to show itself, right? And so we get into, we finally get to the town that's 45 minutes away from my house. And I don't know the area super well, even though I've gone there since I was a little kid. But I don't spend a lot of time there, and it's only, I've only went to go to a specific place and leave. So driving around is, is not something I'm very comfortable with there. So I find kind of a sketchy, dirty gas station close to the hospital, and it's super busy. And I have to leave my daughter in the truck with her baby, you know, baby brother. And I run in, and it's one of those restrooms that's just a single toilet, and you just lock the door. As soon as I get in, someone's knocking on the door. I'm like, oh, good God. Like, I just need a second. You know, I was feeling so sick. I'm like sweating, nausea, just don't know what's happening. So I just leave. And I pump gas because we need a gas and I'm still just feeling like I'm going to die. We get back in the car and, well, I get back in the car and take them on to the hospital. Trying to get us through this massive parking lot, find parking, get in the hospital, find the right person. Like all we had been given was a name. So we go into a hospital and ask for a certain person and the lady just doesn't even know. I end up finding it pretty quickly by luck and they began to tell me that, oh, well, you need an appointment. You're going to have to come back. I'm like, no, 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 no. We have to do this today. You know, just the normal, the normal stress of things just never working out the way you think they are. This whole time feeling like I'm about to just vomit all over the entire room. Oh, all over everyone in it, all over my baby's head. I'm just about to lose everything, you know? And so finally the lady that we're supposed to see comes out. She's like, Oh yes, yes. Everything's fine. Just give me a minute. Go, go wait in the waiting room. So we go sit in the waiting room and I have my infant son in his, you know, carrier, the front carrier, and he's just hanging out. And I tell my daughter, I say, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'm not feeling good. So I run over and find this restroom. Again, it's the single toilet with just one door that you lock. And I go in and I'm like, just waiting for this wave of nausea to just either bring it all up or pass or whatever's going to happen. And I just have to put my son down on this dirty floor and he's just pulling toilet paper out of the dispenser, just wads and wads and wads of toilet paper. And I'm just sweating bullets and just freaking out, not knowing why I'm so sick. And somebody starts knocking on the door. I'm like, okay, so I clean up, I put him, I put him back in the carrier, I leave, I go sit down with her, she's like, nobody came to get us, so I go back to the restroom, and I'm in there for, I don't know, it felt like forever, and I'm just like filling up the toilet, it's just so disgusting, I just feel horrible, but then I feel better, you know, when it's over, it was over, and I was like, okay, what the hell was that, and already in my head, I had known that I was a few days late for my period. My periods are very irregular. It's usually not a scare for me, but I knew in like the heart of hearts and my subconscious, whatever I knew deep down, I'm, pre- I'm probably pregnant. Like how did this happen? I, I don't even want to think about that. That's, that's not, that's not it. But this little voice is saying, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. So anyway, we get through our morning. We're driving back to our hometown. I, And I have no time to get my baby boy to his grandma's or my daughter back to school. I just have to go straight to the studio to teach the class. So I have my partner meet us there, and he watches baby boy. He takes an early lunch, and he gets my daughter back to school. All good. But I look like shit. I mean, my face is like I saw a ghost. I looked like I was just, you know, in the bathroom up chucking my entire breakfast. So he knew I didn't feel good. And I said, yeah, I was throwing up one morning. And he said, are you, are you late? And I said, yes. You know, I can't lie or hide anything from him. So long story short, then the next night he brings home a pregnancy test and a bottle of wine. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this test so I can enjoy some wine because I'm sure I'm not pregnant. So five minutes later, I'm in the bathroom and I'm crying and I just can't leave. I just can't walk out of the bathroom and look him in the face because the test was positive. That I was pregnant. And I honestly have never in my life felt so devastated about such a beautiful thing. I love children. I am pro choice, but yet I would never choose to abort a pregnancy um whenever it, you know just happened norm- normally just happened with natural causes you know this was obviously something we did even though we thought we were doing everything that we were supposed to to avoid being pregnant something happened we're just that special percentage that you know doesn't matter what you do it just just gets in there somehow so you know abortion's not on my brain um it's not that I don't want the baby it's it's not that it was just holy crap like We were just getting it together, you know, and I was just starting to be able to contribute financially to my family. And I'm still nursing a lot. And I'm telling you, this kid is attached. It's going to be real hard to get him done weaning. And even though I've read and I know that it's okay to nurse through pregnancy, I am hating every moment of it so far. I'm super sick every day. And the only thing going through my head is... How big of a failure am I? How many pregnancies am I going to have where I've not been prepared? I'm all of a sudden surprised I'm pregnant, and I've not been, you know, physically, mentally, or emotionally prepared to give this child everything it needs while it's growing inside of me and be ready for whenever it's in this world. You know, I, all the guilt that I was starting to work through just came back tenfold and I don't know how to handle it I'm in a very very bad funk and I'm I know that that affects my fetus I know it affects my son I know it affects my family and I'm trying so hard and even though I missed the boat and the pregnancy is already well into my seventh or eighth week haven't been to the doctor yet I have this different attitude this time to where even though I am probably far off in the end zone of depression and anxiety than I've ever been before, and that may be why, it may be like, you know, rock bottom of of bad feelings, that I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to make the fucking most of it that I can, and I'm going to give this baby an amazing pregnancy. I'm going to send it love. I'm going, I, you know, I've, I have no choice, but to be honest about what I really think or what I really feel, but I'm going to be doing my best to work on the meditating, to stick to my yoga practice, to get up and practice my mindfulness. And I'm going to research the crap out of everything. I'm going to be talking to people about, you know, how all of, how how everything's going to help me be the best mother to the children I already have, and to my unborn child, and to just figure it out. Like, I have to let go of the stress, and I'm going to have to be resourceful, because if we were struggling financially before, you know, adding baby number five is definitely not going to help us with that, but, um, you know, I'm, I've got to be creative, and I've just got to take it, take it as it is, take the situation by the reins and work through all of the negative feelings and all the sickness and use the next several months of my life to get my shit together, to love myself again, to love that I'm being a mother and not feel the disappointment of what have I done with my life, but just have children and work through it and just be honest. Like some days I'm like, Oh my God, what have I done with my life? I've just had children since I was 18 and they're turning out great, you know, but you know i'm i'm close to being i was close to being like having you know all of them driving before we had baby boy number 1 and now we're having baby number 2 and it's like i was already starting to understand empty nest syndrome and think like oh i'm going to have time to paint now and i'm going to have time to to learn how to knit and i'm going to be able to take vacations with my partner and go you know, do these amazing things and I'm going to be able to put my kids through college and I'm going to be able to, you know, help my daughters and my son whenever they get married and they might have children. And now I don't know. I just don't know. Some days I'm so overwhelmed by this and hello, we know how babies are made. This isn't an opportunity for anyone to come out with a negative thought about me. Like I'm not stupid. We know that we love babies. We're not, we're, we're we're definitely not on the side of the argument where we should not be having children, you know. I, I don't really necessarily I have a lot to say about population population control. Um because I do believe that we need to make this world a better place. And I do believe that we probably do have more, too many people in this world. But I also think if we're not raising the right people to change it and we're providing the world with the right people to fix it and to keep it a better place whenever it does get fixed, then, then you know, it, what's the point? Like, the ones that are already here are not doing that great of a job. So, yeah, I'm not going to go any further on that tangent, that's probably just pregnancy hormones. And anyway, I'm not against having children. I'm not against adding to the population. And I think big families are beautiful and wonderful. I just wasn't really ready for it. I wasn't thinking about that. I thought number four and we were done. I had already sold all this stuff. I'd already gotten rid of the maternity clothes. I was ready for next phase of life with three teenagers and a baby. Just one, just one baby. (sighs) So this is my story. And this is why it's an inconvenient pregnancy. And I'm going to have all kinds of different segments. And I'm hoping that anybody out there, whether they're in my position and they're having a later in life child, because after 35, we're considered a geriatric pregnancy, which I find appalling and very insulting, but hello that's just what it is but if you're in that position where you're having a later in life child or if you have older children and are having another child or if you're just having a pregnancy that was a total surprise to you or if you just don't love pregnancy and you're having these feelings of doubt and depression and you just want to normalize that because we are not all these happy pregnant women we are not all stable we do not all have the resources available to us And some of us have just not led lives that have gotten us ready for this yet. And it's okay to feel confused and to feel frustrated and to feel sometimes hopeless. Because we have to be real. We have to be honest. We have to tell ourselves the truth. And I really think that owning our thoughts is the first step in working through them. Instead of just pretending that everything's fine and that those thoughts are bad. And that we shouldn't think those things. And so I'm hopefully gonna have these awesome interviews. I do have really good ones lined up of women that are going through things that I am, that have gone through more than I have, of course. There's always someone that's had a more difficult situation. And women that are very knowledgeable, are experts in the field, and have some really great insight to share about difficult pregnancies, difficult situations in life, and talking about all of that prenatal and perinatal and postpartum mood disorders, those depressions, anxiety, psychosis, doubt, worry, fear, everything. Um, So I am super excited about it because if anything, it's giving me a platform that's kind of like self therapy to just talk it out and to figure it out and to get to have these conversations with women and hopefully some really good feedback from anybody who's listening. So you know, I want to keep it positive because there's way too much shame put out there on mothers. And if you've been paying attention, there is a lot of maternal morality rates that are rising and we've got to change it. We've got to change the archetype of how mothers are treated, Not just in our society, but all over the world. Like we do not cherish our mothers. We do not allow them the space and the time and the love and the nurturing. They need to be capable of creating life and healing after such a traumatic situation as childbirth. So I really want to dive into this. This is my way to explore, to learn, to grow, to actually make this my last pregnancy but to also make it my best pregnancy and also to make this birth wonderful and beautiful and something that will give my child a beautiful head start into the world and have that control over my birth story that I've always wanted to have. And we're also going to share some birth stories, my own and some others, because those are just fun. We all like